Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. For regular viewers and listeners of AWI Pod, please do not be offended as this program contains good wrestling. The story became exaggerated as everything in life does, and it no longer became, well, Mickey Foley ate one worm because some kids were picking on him. It became Mickey Foley eats a plate full of worms every day. Do you think I got many dates after that, Jimmy? Probably not. Do you think girls wanted to kiss a boy who had worms on his breath? I'm a good kisser, but I never got the chance to show it. What am I going to do, practice on myself, Jimmy? I never had the chance to show the world that I could love and could be loved because they ruled me out because I had a strange appetite for strange things. I'm not going to say I didn't accept money to eat other strange things, but the fact is the damage had been done, and I went through my entire high school days without date number one. It's my life in the boxing front of me. Take it off in my arms, it's the soul of me. You walk by, ask, you see me lay face down. Hello everyone and welcome back to another action-packed um, reminiscing episode of Warring to Attitude. This is the 26th version of this show. I am your host, Brent Piles, of course. And with me, as always, is a man who lives across the ocean and is from the future. He is the ballroom brawler, disco dancer, dynamite, stretch, and intercontinental playboy. Folks, he's moreover than throwing interceptions and fumbling snaps. At J. Russell, not Glenn Abbott. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. I got the relevance of that. <laughs> Glenn gets the relevance of that, and maybe some people out there don't. So I live in Nebraska, as most of you probably know who listen to this. And so, therefore, I am, by birthright, have to be a fan of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Now, in 1990, when I was a child, that was great because we were one of the best teams in the country. But now, in 2023, as an adult, it is terrible because we suck. And our quarterback fumbled the ball slash couldn't catch the snap slash had the snap fly off the tight end slash threw it to the other team about seven times. So yeah, the ball, it wasn't a bad snap, hit him right in the fucking hands and he just didn't catch it. How the hell can you support two football teams that have quarterbacks that suck? Well, I mean, I don't really want to go out there and say that Justin Fields completely sucks. He had everything about the Chicago Bears suck yesterday. The defense sucked. The offensive line sucked. The quarterback play sucked. The wide receivers sucked. Uh, the running back sucked. The coaching sucked. Why would you throw so many fucking screen passes? Why are we doing that? It hadn't worked all game. Why do you keep doing it? Fuck. Because I, I don't really have a dog in the fight with the NFL, but I thought I'd enjoy the the, the opening day. Is we had a pro, we've got a program on over here called Red Zone, where they just it, it's like match of the day for the NFL, but they were showing clips as things happen live. So I enjoyed watching that right through from the early kickoffs right through to the. The, the late one, and I thought, I ain't going to bowl with that one, because it was that one game on. That was on the, so yeah, the Cowboys won that one 40 to nothing anyway, so. Oh, right. I'm glad I went to bed then. Yeah, they destroyed the Giants. <laughs> well, Glenn, I enjoyed every other thing of football that I watched, except for the teams that are my favorite teams. So yes. I'm starting to think that maybe I should just not watch my favorite teams and watch other games. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be better off. I might yeah. be better off. So, yeah, I'm sure the mayor would appreciate that. If you saw the Browns game. Oh, I didn't watch the Browns, yes. Yeah, they played well. They kicked the shit out of the Bengals, yeah. It, they did. Their defense was very, very good. Not something that I would be familiar with, except for, you know, in the 80s. But I was only fucking six in the 80s. All right, well, we didn't see, we didn't have any soccer to watch, so... Um, I had to rant about football, but only for a couple of minutes. And I'm sorry if you didn't like that, but I had to. That's <laughs> fine. We're, we're, we're a multi-sport. <laughs> we're a wrestling slash weather slash other yeah. sports podcast, yes. Yeah. 
Yes. The weather hasn't improved from our last podcast, so I'm not going to go into that. So it's still hot, huh? Yes. It's actually quite pleasant here. It's only like a, like 74 degrees outside, but it is quite cloudy. Mm-hmm. But it's not hot, so I can't complain about that. But you know where it was hot, Glenn? Go on. In Mobile, Alabama on May the 19th of 1997, because that is the episode of Raw that we were reviewing this week. Like how I tied that in, didn't you? I did. I did. It must have been, because there was somebody going around cooling everybody off. We'll get into, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. Yeah, I I would just assume it's Alabama in May, so it's got to be fucking hot. Mm Mm-hmm never been to Alabama, but I can only assume this one is on the 19th, which means the next week's episode will be on the 26th, which means it will emanate on my 13th birthday, Glenn. How about that? Whoa. Yeah, next week's episode will have happened on my 13th birthday, so that's something. Hmm. That is something. Yeah, so um, I don't have any really facts or anything about the, the mobile mobile civic mobile civic center where uh, this Raw was held. They held the WCW pay-per-view Beach Brawl and night Beach Blast, I'm sorry, in nineteen ninety-two, which featured a really hot contest, Glenn, between Missy Hyatt and uh, Medusa. It was a bikini match. So All right. And then they also had Uncensored 1998, which I don't think WCW had quite gone down to the dumps by 1998. So this is probably a pretty good card. The The main event was Hollywood Hogan fought Randy Savage in a steel cage match. Glenn, do you want to guess what the, who do you think was the winner? What do you think the finish of this cage match was? Who was it? Uh, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan, of course it was. He wasn't going to put over Savage at that time. This is a cage match, Glenn. No disqualifications, no countouts. This is a cage match. Someone's got to win. And in true WCW fashion, Glenn, it ended in a no contest. (laughs) (laughs) How? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Well, that needs to be investigated to find out how a cage match can end up in a no contest. If anybody could find a way, it's WCW, pal. They yeah. I mean, like me, me and you had a, disqual- had a no disqualification match, and you beat me by DQ. The thing is, is a few months' time, there's a very famous Hell in a Cell match coming up. That's true. And even that didn't end in a no contest, despite the fact that there was a lot of interference. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I just, I'm not sure. I guess. I guess somebody will have to look into that, but I'm not going to do it right now. Um, (laughs) So they start off this week, of course, by, you know, telling us everything that happened last week uh, after it went off the air with Shawn Michaels finally getting a super kick in after um, Bret Hart was rambling. And we're going to get into some pretty iconic wrestling moments that are going to happen on a little bit later in this show. Um, I didn't realize that this was the night you told me, but I forgot until I saw (laughs) Michael's up on that video screen. I said, Oh, holy shit. This is the night. Um, (laughs) But yeah. And then, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin saved and they assured us tonight, Glenn tonight, we were going to find out what Bret Hart's big surprise is. So Mm -hmm. at that point, Glenn, how excited were you to find out how, how excited were you to find out what this big surprise was? Oh, I was incredibly excited because I know it was going to be a really big surprise. I was just hoping it didn't take 20 minutes. He was teasing it all last week and it never happened. So it must have been that big that he couldn't get it in last week. Or he just forgot. I'm not sure. He looked like like maybe he slipped and fell on the way out of the ring. Maybe hit his head before that final promo. I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) It went on and on and on. He was a a rambling man. (laughs) Star Trek on time. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we opened the show with Stone Cold Steve Austin making his way down to the ring for an interview. Um, Austin wants us all to know that he doesn't give a rat's ass about Shawn Michaels and he only came out to beat up the hearts because they had their back turned and he didn't do anything to help save HBK. He basically says they're not friends. They just both hate the hearts. And, um, so this brings HBK down to the ring as well. Coincidentally with that bandana on looking like a rat's ass. He really did. He looked like he, looked like he didn't give a fuck about his life. <laughs> 
He really didn't. He tells Austin that it wasn't long ago that he saved Austin from an attack by the Hearts. And if Austin that if and if Austin didn't uh, tells Austin he didn't need him to save his ass either. Which in both instances, yes, you both needed your asses saved. Just want to say that. <laughs> he definitely needed some help when they got help. Uh, so they, they, you know, things get back and forth. Uh, they're poking each other in the chest, telling each other they're fine without them. Austin says, not saying. I'm not saying Shawn Michaels isn't tough, but he says, I'll knock your teeth down your throat. You know, Shawn Michaels is like, well, I'm the one who says you get your teeth knocked down your throat. So how are you going to knock my teeth down my throat? Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. This is the start of it. Falling over words and tripping up <laughs> during promos. Yeah, I thought Austin did okay. But yeah, Michaels was a bit clunky for sure. Um yeah, and then so the guys start fighting, which referees come out here to break them up. Um, and that's basically the end of the opening segment. Um, and then we get, uh, oh, then I'm sorry, then Bulldog, Owen, and Jim Neidhart show up on the Titan oh. truck. That's right. Owen starts making fun of them uh, for fighting with each other. Then Owen challenges, Owen challenges uh, Austin and HBK to a match for the tag team titles next week on Raw. If they can get their crap together, as Owen Hart said, it's he's too pure to say shit. He had to say crap. Um, uh, HBK says he'll find another partner, but he's not team with Steve Austin. And Austin says he doesn't care if he gets somebody who's 75 pounds or 75 years old to be his partner. And then they start fighting again. And then uh, the best part of it was JR just goes back to the announcer, just sits down and tells King, hey, maybe you'll do the interviews next time. Yeah, that was good. JR had a had a couple of good one liners. There's another really good one that we'll get to later on that was really good. Um, but yeah, he was he was he was on fire this episode, I feel like. Maybe because everybody else was so bad at everything they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it was. <laughs> and then Glenn, we're gonna find out the mystery about why Triple H is back in the King of the Ring tournament. They let us know that it was supposed to be Crush versus Vader, but that Vader has a has a broken nose and a crushed septum. I think that's how you say that word, maybe, um, from this match with Ken Shamrock. And so he's not going to be able to wrestle tonight. Uh, he'll be taking on Triple H instead. And for well, no, They just said it was going to be a surprise. They did we say, did yeah. Hit Triple H until his music hit and he came out. And then we got the explanation uh, from one Gerald Briscoe on why yeah. Triple H was able to get back into the tournament. And only Gerald Briscoe could tell us himself. So we're going to let him say it. Oh, what good. is he ruling and why is now, this penalty in this match after being eliminated last week? Well, last week in the pre-match, uh, pre-match instructions given by, by referee Timmy White, he erred by informing Hunter Hearst Helmsley that he could only advance by pinfall or submission. Therefore, to avoid any legal action on the part of Mr. Helmsley, Hunter Hearst Helmsley will be given the slot tonight occupied by Vader against the match crush, his opponent. Okay, Gerald, thank you very much. Against the match crush. Yeah, I was just going to say, Glenn, did he just just say Triple H was going to take on a match? A match crush. (laughs) (laughs) Normal crush looks like, but this is a match crush. Like no, I, I'm like nothing against Gerald Briscoe, and like I don't want to piss that guy off because he'll whoop my ass today. I don't know how old he is, but he'll still whoop my ass. But they couldn't find anybody else. <laughs> it had to be Gerald Briscoe. They couldn't put anybody else up there. Uh, and of all the carny bullshit that they come out with to get Triple H back into it, uh, it could only be win by. Uh, Pin for submission, <laughs> so they're going to let him have another go because <laughs> he got yeah. disqualified. Because yeah, because he, no one won by pinfall or submission, <laughs> and Jr. is kind of hinting to the fact that this was Helmsley's plan all along. That if I get into trouble, just get into the ring, hit him with a chair because I if he doesn't win by pinfall or something. And on, like, what happens to Ahmed Johnson? They just told Ahmed Johnson, "Well, too bad, so sad, motherfucker. <laughs> You're out." <laughs> And this is the thing with hindsight. We know where this goes with King of the Ring. So why'd they book him to lose in the first round anyway? I don't know. Maybe to, like, make you hate him more. Like, make you be like, oh, this guy only did this because he's rich and has good lawyers. Oh, fuck this guy, I guess. I, that's the only thing I can think of. It must be something like that. 
or if they just forgot, they were like, oh, wait, wait a minute. He was supposed to win. <laughs> God damn it. He's like, told you Ahmed Johnson was supposed to lose in the first round. What the fuck are you doing? Because now they're just painting themselves into a corner. Uh, we've got a heel-heel match with two heels that nobody really cares about. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, nobody cares about Crush. Like, maybe they care about Triple H and China. We even, there was, like, some big China, like, chants in the crowd. Mm. Um, I was also thinking, Glenn, like, I know we saw the White Rappers get demolished by LOD last week. How much more fun would it have been to watch China beat the shit out of those two? God, that would have been great. That would have been certainly really good. Oh, God. Just, I'm just thinking about it. I'm salivating. I would, I would China beat up a couple of white rappers. <laughs> that would have been so much fun. As much as it was to watch LOD beat them up. <laughs> have you noticed, though, with... Oh, no, no, I've got, gone blank now. Uh, Nation of Germination, how they're shrunk in numbers. You know, yeah. just rappers but they've lost all the rest of the entourage as well it's just the four of them now yeah it's just d-lo and the other two yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm pretty sure the whole nation shakeup is coming soon and savio and, and crush will be starting the their own stables so yeah that, that's... Yeah, we, yeah sorry i'm jumping ahead a bit there because we oh no you're, you're good a, man. there's a discussion there's... into that coming up there's not a whole a lot that happened in this match really uh oh. There's a little bit of interference as Vega distracts the referee when Triple H is going for a pedigree. And basically do like a back and forth thing where like China gets up on the apron, then D'Lo gets up on the apron, Savio Vega gets up on the apron. Savio then tries to kick Hunter, but he misses and hits Crush anyway. And so that is that enables Triple H to get the victory. Uh, Crush and Vega obviously arguing after the match for Rukas to calm down and calm everybody down. Uh, so we've got some dissension amongst the ranks, it looks like, Glenn. Oh, definitely, yeah. And Fruit comes in the ring as a mediator. And then we get an ad. And it's cool. 815-734-1161 to get your Austin 316 shirt for only $20 plus shipping and handling. Oh, God, take me back to when wrestling shirts were $20. <laughs> take me back. Yes. You think yes. you sold any of those, Glenn? Mm. Oh, it is also, yeah. <laughs> Only a billion. <laughs> Especially with who's advertising it later. Oh, God damn, pal. I forgot about that, but you're right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> That was something. They finally got rid of that Mark Merrow guy. No, I actually think he's injured, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Sable promoted that shirt. She didn't have to leave her, leave her locker room. But yeah, anyway, so the next one is Owen Hart. He's going to be taking the hometown boy, Glenn. It's the hometown man, the hometown fans, because it's Bob Holly. He even got some inspirational messages from his hometown brethren there in Mobile. Um, I didn't I didn't record any of them to make a clip, but they sound a little bit like this. Hey, my name is Barbara from the Mobile Senior Park Trailer Park, and I'm here tonight to cheer up my, my, my cousin Bob Holly. Not only is he the world's best wrestler, he can also fix your car, change your oil for $10.99, and he's the best race car driver there is. Woo! <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, the king gets in with his two yokels. Yeah, king gets in with a couple of hillbillies. So... I, I got up this morning and I was kind of watching this this morning as I was drinking my coffee and he, they've got these two hillbilly guys coming on and right this is at this moment too Rachel just comes in from like waking up in the morning she comes so she comes in the living room and she sees what's on the TV and she's like what the hell are you doing what is happening where did, she, where did, he, where did he find these guys it was just so funny. <laughs> This is very true. Yeah, and then basically he's like, oh, if the king makes a bad joke, he's like, oh, if you, if you and your wife got divorced, would she still be your sister? And yeah. So. Is, this the first time, is this the first time we've seen Hardcore Holly, it, well, Bob Holly, in 1997? It might, could very well be. I can't remember I, ever seeing him. If he did, I, I didn't leave an impression on me at all. 
No, I can't remember seeing him on any Raw. He still looks like he's definitely pre-attitude era. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't shaved his head and dyed it blonde yet. No. <laughs> and he's still wearing like the spark plug, the sparky plug tights too. They also correct. I don't know if you heard this one, but I'm pretty sure on commentary Vince said that Bob Holly was the Intercontinental Champion for a short time. He and did. I'm like, Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked it up, and he ain't never been the fucking Intercontinental Champion. Not never. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he say it? He doesn't even know what's going on in his own company. Yeah, you don't fucking know. <laughs> he won the tag team titles a few times. He won the hardcore championship a bunch of times, like after this, but he That's never fair. won the Intercontinental title. Not once. Yeah. So crowd was pretty hot for this match. They love their fellow okay. Alabamians, I guess. Um, and thank so God, good. this is the time before that everybody that turned up in their hometown or home state had to put somebody else over. But surprise, surprise, Glenn, not tonight. Not tonight. No, no that's it. This is... Owen goes for a sharpshooter, but Bob Holly is able to lock in an inside cradle. He gets the three count in the win, and Bob's able to escape through the crowd so the hearts can't get him. And we get a huge upset on here in Raw's War that might come back to bite Bob in the ass later, but we'll <laughs> cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, Apparently, um, in a documentary they did on Owen Hart, he was the one that put across this idea. That they they needed a match against somebody, so he said, "Oh, they went against Bob Holly and put him over, as he's the hometown boy." As I like it. Yeah. That sounds that sounds like going hard. It sounds like that kind of guy. So yeah, I bet I, I imagine that's probably exactly what happened. Um, but it was a pretty cool moment. Bob got a big reaction from the crowd. I mean, this was probably except for when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out at the beginning. That was probably the loudest the crowd got the whole entire night. So yeah, yeah, and it was the bad match. Of course, it wouldn't be. You know. Bob Holly's a good hand, and yeah. I have a match with a broom. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and Bob Holly like like doesn't get the recognition for it, but Bob Holly's always been a good in ring worker. Always, mm. has. yeah. Um, and then we kind of get into what happened with uh, Paul Bear and the Undertaker as they show us uh, Undertaker's promo from last week about um, you know the situation with the, with Paul Bear, and I guess we're gonna find out more from the Undertaker. This evening, and then Glenn, we got the first reference to Sonny. Um, this evening, Sonny squirts. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that that that, uh, that movie is sponsored by Blue Chew. Ladies and gentlemen, if your gimmick needs a hot tag, uh, make sure you get your hands on some yeah. Blue Chew. Yeah, and there she is with a big super soaker. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh god um glenn super soakers big over in england yes they were yeah still are i don't know for a fact if they still sell like super soakers per se but they of course still sell those things everywhere type things i mean you can get bazooka sized ones now Take a couple of gallon of water. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, she's she gets Jim Cornette. Yeah, he, uh, he ends up looking wetter than ever. Yeah, and she so he brings her these papers and he's like, You're gonna have to sign these, you're gonna be washed up. Um he was right. Anyway, um, so we come back from a break and we see Shawn Michaels, he's got Ken Shamrock with him. He says he's found himself a tag team partner. And I think Shawn Michaels is a fucking genius because if I'm going to go find myself a tag team partner, it's going to be Ken Shamrock. <laughs> yeah. And he does it. He says the logical thing. He says, if I'm going to have a partner, it's gonna be, things are going to be dangerous. I'm going to have the most dangerous man. Yeah, yeah it makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, and then, you know, the king's like, Shamrock should know he shouldn't trust a guy like Shawn Michaels who would kick a crippled man like Bret Hart in the face, <laughs> which I just think it's so funny whenever they reference him being a crippled man. <laughs> just, I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then so we've been getting kind of like these 
video packages and interviews with people, and we haven't been fans of what we've seen thus far. No. But we get the part one of the one with mankind, and man, this was amazing. This was really good. This is Mick Foley doing everything that Dustin Larry Runnels didn't do of saying in gimmick, yep, telling things as they are. Yep. Because they didn't tell what they said about his life was all true. Um, hmm. Maybe some of the stories that he said in there made up, but I bet they probably weren't. He said it was all true. Everything he said about his life was true, but they still did it within the person that was his gimmick, which they didn't do at all with uh, with Gold Dust. And no. I'm going to play like one part of, of this at the beginning of the show, but I'm going to play another part of it right now. Just It's all so good that if you've never seen this, you need to go back and watch the whole series of them. There's going to be like three parts. Um, which we'll talk about the one next week, but here's just a little part of what man got ahead of say. Jimmy, there's plenty of good reasons to hate me. I just don't want people to hate me for untruths and partial truths and rumors. You see, I, when I was a kid, I played cowboys and Indians. Now, who were the good guys? The cowboys coming over the hill to rape, pillage innocent women and children? I was always the Indian, Jimmy. I always stood for the underdog. That makes me a bad person standing up for what I believe in, and I guess you got me dead to rights. I'm a bad man. Because I felt like I'd finally found something in my life that I could do better than everybody else. Handle pain. Someone said, oh, that's just vampire blood, and then saw the open wound from which the blood was flowing. I've still got that shirt, Jimmy, and I remember thinking, wouldn't it be nice if I could do something in my life where I could do this all the time? Get that attention every night. Stockbrokers can't do it. Teachers can't do it. The President of the United States can't bleed for a living, but pro wrestlers can. And there's more to come. This is the making of him. This is actually because they, uh, the way they, they were going with mankind, he would just sort of Paul Bear had given up on him, and he was just sort of taking a back seat. So who knows what would have happened? Really he just slid into sort of mid card mediocrity. But this whole interview over the three time, the three episodes. Absolutely elevated him back up there. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard him tell the story, but they're doing this thing, and he didn't know that Vince was in the room. And they finally like cut something, and he hears from the back of the room, "This is amazing." And it was Vince. Vince was yeah. in the back of the room, and he yeah. saw that, and then that's when mankind really started to get elevated because. Mm -hmm. But yeah, really, really fucking good stuff. You yeah. notice I left out the part where he, where he trashed the Chicago Bears being two and twelve or something because I don't need to be fucking reminded. Mick Foley, thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. they show that iconic thing where um, the old eight mil film of him leaping off the roof of his house. And next week they're going to get into like the 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 death matches in Japan and all that shit. So that's mm -hmm. going to be uh, to fun to look at. Um, and then Glenn, we got an interesting matchup. We got our old our old friend Leaf Cassidy, and he's taking on Don't Call Me Too Hotty Scott Taylor um, on his way out to the ring. Here, I was going to say that depends on your definition of interesting. Y yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Before the match, the king tells us that uh, Paul E. has made a legal injunction stopping RVD from coming back to Monday Night Raw. So we won't be seeing uh, RVD on Monday Night Raw, I guess, for the time being. Um, we got a recap of his match last week. And then, of course, Leaf Cassidy, who's like lost his mind recently. Like, as we discussed last week, I think he's trying to get fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's take, he starts beating on Scott before the bell rings. Um, so they must be starting up the light heavyweight division soon. And I'm thinking that's why we got like Putski last week and why we got Scotty Scott. I did, I'm always going to want to call him Scotty Two Hotties, and I'm not going to be able to stop Scott Taylor this week. So mm -hmm. I don't know. 
I thought Leaf Cassidy looked pretty good in this match, uh, he, all things considered. He did, especially see is he knows that he's going to be putting over Scott Murray Taylor, who's this is although he, he's been doing jobs before in the WWF, this is his first official match. Yeah, this is basically like a re-debut because yeah, he's only we've seen him do job jobs on fucking Mayor of Superstars before. I know it. That's right. <laughs> and so then, like uh, Leaf Cassidy looks like he's gonna win, but then Taylor gets a roll for a win, and then Leaf Cassidy loses his mind, gets out of the ring, jumps all the way on the announce table, grabs Jim Ross by his jacket, is like, "I can't take this anymore." He chases the referee away. He's screaming, "I can't take this anymore! I'm gonna go talk to a mannequin at an ECW." He didn't That's say it. that. That's no, I did say that. <laughs> be good if he had, though. It would have been good. They should have started. They should have just let him go with that in WWE. <laughs> yeah. Somebody <laughs> start talking to the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the head could have been this tag team partner. That would have been good. Um, it, it, I think it has been. I'm Well, not yet, but it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've seen matches where he's tagged with a head. I'm sure it's gonna be. Um, I actually have an Al Snow. I have a hardcore Ollie Al Snow two pack, and it's got a head in it too. All right. <laughs> so they head to the back. Stone Cold Steve Austin is marching through the backstage area looking for a tag team partner. He knocks on Sable's locker room door. Uh, he knocks. She says, "Hold on a minute." He barges in. Um, she's putting on an Austin an Austin three sixteen t shirt. She's got it barely covering herself. If you know what I mean, pal. Um. She doesn't want to be Austin's tag team partner, shockingly. <laughs> oh, this is this is his t-shirt, basically. Her assets. Crazy, uh, I don't think they needed this to sell the shirt. Her, her assets have suddenly become Austin's assets. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that happened. And then Bret Hart is finally arriving to the building. And finally, Glenn, we will get to hear this big surprise, but not before we get a recap of everything that happened with them last week. They probably yeah. look, Sean, it's fine. We'll show it three times next week so people actually know that you super kicked him. It's okay. It's yeah. fine. Don't say anything crazy. Yeah, but you know that Vince thinks that all wrestling fans have the attention span and the memory of a goldfish. That's true. Uh, even even today, there's still that legacy of showing stuff that we only watched 20 minutes earlier. That is true. That is very true. You're right about that one. Um, and then, okay, so Heart Foundation makes their way to the ring. Brett's finally out of the wheelchair. He's just on crutches now. Um, Brett tells the fans to shut up for a minute. Um, he runs down America as he always does. He talks about how how could they respect someone? They they talk about how they have the right to free speech, but that Shawn Michaels didn't allow him his right to free speech last week. Although I feel like he got plenty of time for his fucking free speech last week before Shawn Michaels kicked him. Oh yeah, no, there is no way that he could even cast the the aspersion that he didn't get time for free speech last week. He yeah. rambled on and on and on and on and on and on and on. You on. calm down there, Elon Musk, in your fucking free speech. <laughs> this is this is the thing. You have free speech, but you don't have freedom of consequences. Bret Hart said what he said. Shawn Michaels kicked him in the face. Those are the consequences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can say what you want to say, but it doesn't mean someone won't punch you in the face for it. <laughs> that's the way it works. Oh, that's yeah. the way it should work. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's another soapbox that I won't get up on. Um, he then calls all the fans rednecks. He makes fun of their accent. Um, he says he doesn't care who Shawn Michaels has as a tag team partner because he's pretty sure nobody wants to tag with him anyway. You know what he didn't say this week, though? For the first week in about three, he didn't call them hyenas. You're right. He didn't. That's his, that's his go-to, too, and he didn't say yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't say it. Perhaps you're <laughs> Perhaps a turn in the corner on his promos. Yeah, maybe maybe we can stop calling everybody hyenas. Um, <laughs> so then he finally he's finally going to tell us his big surprise, and he says if Shawn Michaels coming back at the King of the Ring, then a real man and a real hero is going to come back too, and that's Bret the Hitman Hart. He then talks about having a bad coming back, even though he has a bad knee, and people are telling him not to come back because he's got a bad knee. He then challenges Shawn to a match. Bret Hart says if he can't beat him within ten minutes. 
he will never wrestle in the United States ever again. And then HBK shows up on the Glen, up on the screen there, Glenn, and oh boy. Yeah, here it is. A groundbreaking moment of any WWF, WWE history. Shawn Michaels uh, says, the first thing made me laugh. He said, Brett, you had so much time last week. You talked so long that we went off the air. Yeah. I know that was a subtle jab. <laughs> That's true. Then he then says, Brett, you couldn't beat me in 60 minutes. So what makes you think you could do it in 10? Again, no lies spoken there. Nope. Stop me when I'm telling lies. He said then after that, he didn't say that, but he should have. He then yeah. said at the match, he wants the whole foundation at the whole heart foundation at ringside, but he wants each member cuffed to a, to a ring post so that they can't interfere. Brilliant. Why is nobody else? Battling on their own against a faction thought of that. Yeah. Instead of having them banned from ringside, have them where you can see them, but make sure that they're immobile. Yeah, and then until at the same time, if you got guys who are just cuffed to a ring post, they could probably somehow interfere, you know, anyway, too. So that, that could also work into the match. So, yeah, it's, it's a really good way to go if you think about it. And then with the, the like with the stipulation too of like I won't wrestle in the United States anymore. Obviously, Bret Hart can't lose that match. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be some sort of shenanigan. So them being out there is only going to help with that. You know what I mean? Oh, geez, yes. And then um, Shawn Michaels says that Bret Hart can't last ten minutes in any situation, if you know what I mean. And even though lately he's had some sunny, sunny. days. <laughs> He still can't get the job done. Um, so, like... <laughs> it obviously goes over Brett's, Brett's head. Yeah. But the look that Owen and Davey gave each other, they didn't know whether to be angry or laugh out loud, I don't think. I'm pretty sure Davey probably said, like, did he fucking just say what I think he just fucking said? Yeah. Because <laughs> you can see him and Owen, they look, they look at each other and they start like whispering a little bit. And even after the promos do go done, after Brett, Brett's kind of standing there like I think Brett's trying to add it up in his mind of what just happened. And yeah. Owen and Bulldog are still like they're looking at each other and, and like kind of whispering like. And if anybody that doesn't know, this is what actually kicks off the shoot animosity between because once once Brett has it explained to him this is what kicks off the shoot animosity between Brett and Shawn Michaels. Oh it was on uh, the fuse of that was already lit you know what I mean and that was <laughs> when the dynamite completely exploded. It's yeah, like, I was say, uh, that, that uh, if the fuse was lit that added a little bit of petrol to that fuse and blew the whole bloody thing up. It accelerated that flame from burning yeah. quicker. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Brett got home and his wife said, "Ha, huh, sunny days, motherfucker, huh?" <laughs> and like, I don't think that actually happened because Sunny's admitted to having sex with everyone else under the sun. So why wouldn't she just admit that too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's this is the one person that she's not she's not yeah. admitted. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm pretty sure that next week before the Monday Night Raw, this is where Brett and Sean get into their shoot fight where they're pulling each other's hair in the locker room and mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels quits because it's an unsafe working environment. And I'm still pretty sure that Jim Cornette still has the hair that Bret Hart ripped out of Shawn Michaels' head. So Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. So, and yeah, an iconic moment there. <laughs> so... What did I do? How can we follow up such an iconic moment? Who can we bring in to get the crowd going after such an iconic moment? Bloody Hulk, it's Hulk, man. With Rockabilly. Oh, wait a minute. First of all, no, we... First of all, we get gold dust out there, right? Gold <laughs> dust is out no. here. Yeah. He asked us if we want to see Marlena. We're all red-blooded men, so we're going, yes, of course, bring Marlena out here. He tells us he can do us one better. He's going to bring us two. So we get the big Marlena and the little Marlena. Um, their daughter, Dakota, comes out there with them. Mm -hmm. um, the best part of this is they try to get her to say her name or gold dust or something. 
She just <laughs> takes the mic straight away from her mom. And Jim Ross with the line of the evening says, she's hawking the mic just like her grandfather. <laughs> and that was the only thing good about that. I, yes. I just don't know what that does for the Goldust character other than nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They've just totally they stripped <laughs> they've killed the they killed the character off with, with the shoot interviews and now they bring his family out. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Whoever oh, I know who thought of it. Look then the crowd was even like, uh Huh? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> am I supposed to be happy or what am I supposed to do with this? I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. All right, now you play the music. No, you already spoiled it. I'm gonna play the music. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing, Glenn. Glenn was like, I'm getting out of this playing this music this time. I know it, goddammit. <laughs> but yes, uh Goldust is taking on motherfucking rockabilly. This is still happening. Unfortunately, he starts taunting Goldust, calling him a crybaby. Goldust then beats us up and kisses him, as one would. I really don't know what he's going for. Cause he even goes for a bionic elbow. Yeah, he does do the bionic elbow, yep. Yeah. All right, we've got the idea that you're really dusty, dusty riddles under that, and that you're Dusty's son. Right. You might as well just at this time done what he did with that other bloody stupid gimmick of seven and walk out to the ring as uh, Dustin basically say, I'm done with gold dust. Yeah, and just fucking take the gear off and have some cowboy boots on underneath or something. Yeah. Not only cowboy boots, something other than that, but you get what I mean. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, my favorite part of this match, Glenn, is where Billy Gunn, Rockabilly, Awkwardly tries to run at Goldust, and Goldust awkwardly tries to dodge it, and then Rockabilly awkwardly gets his wrist tangled up in the ropes. Yeah, it was all very awkward. It looked like if you and your drunk friend got in the ring and tried to do some shit after you had like eight beers each. Ooh. That's what it looked like. And the honky talk man goes to attack Goldust with a guitar, as he would do. Course. Gold Dust manages to reverse that and it's in with it and then gets disqualified for it. Despite the fact that Honky Tonk Man is not part of the match, really. It was outside interference, so why are Gold Dust getting disqualified? Yeah, he, he hit the fucking Honky Tonk Man. As far as I'm aware, this wasn't a handicap match with the Honky Tonk Man versus Rockabilly versus Gold Dust. He could fucking, you know, Stick his boot all the way up Honky Tonk Man's ass if he wanted to. It doesn't make a fucking difference. It shouldn't make a slightest bit of difference, no. Yeah, I thought that was fucking stupid. But they, had to, like, they had to get a disqualification in there somewhere. So They did. And they also were like, well, maybe we'll just let Rockabilly win one. Mm -hmm. Just one. Just one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we got like a promo from Ahmed Johnson. Um, now, we got something before that. Oh, God. And one of these little lads. But it's call 1-900-737-4-WWF to find out who has been romancing Psycho Sid. Who's been romancing Psycho Sid? Yeah. I bet it. I bet it's, I bet it's not what you think it is. You call that fucking number and it's like, the Legion of Doom have been recruiting Sid to be their tag team partner. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I thought... God that's damn a, it. That's a $20 phone bill just to find out that. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking Jim Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could find out what these reports on the on the hotline were. That would yeah. be amazing. That would be great. If only. That's awesome. Um I'm yeah. sure must somebody must have transcribed them. I think I've looked and I well, maybe I'll look for only one. Um, but yeah, so he talked to Ahmed Johnson, and yeah. I don't know. He said a lot of things um, that I don't want to say, so I think we're just going to skip that. There was a promo from Ahmed Johnson, and yeah. he says he's going to be the first African-American WF champion. That's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That was the only thing he said that was coherent. <laughs> Brooklyn Brawler volunteers to be Austin's partner. 
I guess the arse whooping he deserves for that. Yeah, he beats him up and tells him that he sucks worse than Harvey Whippleman. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells old Harvey. They choose him as a partner. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, and basically tells Harvey Whippleman, look, you're going to be my fucking tag team partner because I said you're going to be my tag team partner whether you like it or not. So, yeah. <laughs> Shawn Michaels got Ken Shamrock. Stone Cold Steve Austin got fucking... See who's more confident with their own abilities, though, can't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can tell which guy thinks he's tougher. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get, um, you know, more of the super soaker thing. Glenn, don't say what you said again, or I'm gonna die laughing. Um, and they, they made us think that it was gonna be a different one, but it was the exact same one. And then Glenn, uh, this was an interesting matchup considering what's gonna be happening uh, later on this year between these two guys. Rocky Maivi is already in the ring, and he'll be facing the leader of the Nation of Domination, easy for me to say, uh, Farouk. Uh, they also let us know during this that the White Rappers are gone. Um, Legion of Doom killed them. So, Yeah, that's basically it. Their, their homies got RIP shirts now. Yeah, but what happened to the rest of them? There was about 15 of them at one point. And, and now all the rest... Obviously, the big black dudes at the back and the ones that were in masks and things that were always hanging around. I've seen the two rappers killed and I thought, oh, we don't want this job. And <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to face the LOD next. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were like, we're not paying for these extras anymore. It's not happening. Sorry. Um. Farouk in the beginning looks like he's trying to get Rocky to join the nation. He's trying to get Rocky to do the nation thing. Rocky looks like he's going to do it, but he just does the whole, you know, up yours thing instead. Um, The Rock looked impressive in this match. And I've been thinking he's been looking more and more impressive every time we see him. He he does. And he even does a rock bottom. Yeah. Farouk in this. So... There's, there's more and more of the rock coming into him as he's going on. He also did that like reverse DDT. We saw him do it before and it looked pretty sloppy, but he's getting cleaner on it. I thought this it, one looked it, a little cleaner than the last one. Yes. And that's another thing that's in his repertoire, you know, when he's the rock, he does that reverse DDT a lot. So um, yeah. you can see the shades of it. Um, um, didn't you think that during this, though, for the great wrestler, that uh, Rod Simmons is. He wasn't really that. He, he wasn't really in, that invested in this. He let he he's let Rocky do all the bouncing around, all the selling, all the work, and just stood there and hit him with one move to win it. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right because he, yeah, Rocky did all the big moves. He did a big power <laughs> slam. He hit a rock bottom. He did that DDT. He did a lot of. He did like a. A cool like splash where he didn't like come off the top rope, but he just like jumped forward and splashed Farouk, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but then yeah, Farouk just catches him on the top rope, knocks him down, you know, nuts on nuts across the top rope as it goes, picks him up, gives him the dominator, and that's the end. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty interesting thing at the end that happened though. Do you remember the ending? Where the nation come in and start beating up on Rocky and Farouk steps in and stops him. Yep. Shades of things to come, perhaps. Yeah, I thought that was a very some, it's a little bit of foreshadowing there. I think yeah. maybe um, they they let us know that something is happening in the back, and we find out the 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 Hart Foundation is beating the hell out of Bob Holly. I say would. Yeah, how do they get their heat back? <laughs> we let you win the match, but then we're gonna whoop your ass. That's how. Yeah. That's how you do it. We get to the bathroom. And they don't like people who go to the bathroom. No, they and they, there wasn't any referees in there. You were like, you can't go to the bathroom without any referees. They have to, they have to watch you. They just have to beat you up instead. Yeah. And then the Undertaker comes down to the ring for a promo. He talks a little bit about his match with Farouk. Um, but then Vince kind of stops him as he's trying to leave after he just kind of dresses the Farouk thing quick. He asks him about the thing with Paul Bear and Vince, uh, and he tells Vince, uh, now is not the time, but then a voice, Glenn. We hear a voice, and he tells us it is time. It's a shame that there's not the continuity to go the voice. Remember that dark morning, that drizzly morning when we lowered your mother and father's casket into the dark, warm the earth? 
Remember when I stood there and I promised that I would never let that secret out? You know what I'm talking about, Undertaker. The secret that I know. That fire has opened up some old wounds, Undertaker. You burned me, and now it's my turn to hurt you. I'm going to open up Pandora's box. You come back to me, Undertaker. Come back to me now, or I will come along. I need more time. How does seven days sound, dead man? I'll give you seven sunsets. And then if you're not back with me, if you're not subservient to me, I will open Pandora's box and human eye has not seen or human ear heard the secret I have on you. It's all over but the crying. Oh, yes! That that reminds me of a song, Glenn. Take your comeback. Any kind of fool could see. Paul Bear knows you murdered your family. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my only issue with this, and it it, it put me off the bloody promo a bit, was early on, when we first see Paul Bear, all he had was like a pad down one side of his face. Now, he pops up later in the show on the Titantron, Looking like the mummy again. So <laughs> what? Is, is that the Yeti's father? So what has happened? The burns got worse in that time. It's like like a substance, like a brown substance on it, like on the side. Yeah. And I'm like, he. I bet you anything, he fucking spilled something on him. It's just like, oh, fine, it's fine, just put it on. Yeah, a bit, some coffee or something on it. It'll be do do fine. But then he's full. He's full mummified. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. I just, I mean, all that's like really interesting, and it, I don't give a fuck about the Farouk Undertaker match. I care about this, you know what I mean? Um, it's just funny. He's like, "You come back to me," and it just makes me maybe me want to sing that song. I just sang. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert: There's some really good stuff stuff coming up with Undertaker reluctantly doing Paul Bearer's bidding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we then come back for a commercial. Jim Neidhart is Jim Neidhart is already in the ring. He'll be taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, Brian Pillman's also on commentary during this match. <clears throat> while you know Pillman and while Austin and Jim Neidhart are fighting there, I think it's sounding like Brian Pillman will be taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin at the King of the Ring. I know that doesn't actually happen, but that's what they're pushing on us right now. Um, Austin, the best part of this is Austin just uh, goes over there and just grabs Brian Pillman out of his seat and just starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the best thing to be said about this, it, it was short and sweet. One minute 44, it was all over disqualification because of Brian Pillman. Yeah, Pillman gets in there, cracks Owen, I mean, Austin over the head with a crutch. The, all the hearts hit the ring and start beating him down. Mm-hmm. Until Shawn Michaels shows up with the chair, he clears the ring. Um, Jim Ross gets up in the ring and informs Austin and Shawn Michaels that they will be tag team partners next week by order of Gorilla Monsoon, and they will be taking on Owen Hart and the British Bulldog for the tag team titles. Um, of course, Austin and, and OHVK are like, I'm not, first, I'm not tagging with him, I'm not tagging with him, and then they start fighting again. Yeah, and they go off here, fighting as they came on here. Yeah, so... Next week's Raw is like one of those Raws like when I was a kid that I remember exactly where I was mm-hmm. uh, as it happened because I remember this Raw very well. It's one You know how you have those moments in life where you remember yeah. exactly where you were? Well, this one's one for me. Um, so I'm really looking forward to reliving this episode of Raw. It, it was a great one for me when I was 13. Yeah. And to be fair... Um... The matches were bad, and there's so much with The Undertaker, Paul Bearer, and Austin, and The Hearts, and Shawn Michaels. There's so many moving parts of that where we could see the Attitude Era building. Yeah, I mean, even with the thing with Sable, with him busting into Sable's locker room and her quickly covering herself, that's a whole lot of Attitude Era going on there. But we like glimpses of things that aren't attitude error, like 
Goldust bringing his daughter to the ring dressed up exactly. like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We can't have it all. <laughs> we can only have some nice things. We can't have it all. It's like um it's like that expression, you can't have your cake and eat it too, which I think is a stupid fucking expression because it's cake. What the fuck else am I gonna do besides eat it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Fuck you mean can't have my cake and eat it too. What am I supposed to do? There's, there's so many of those. Don't come running to me if you break a leg. And that's all. My motherfucking leg is broken. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, Glenn, I, I, I'm going to go thumbs up on this. There wasn't any great magic or anything, but there was a lot of cool stuff. Thumbs up, definitely. So, Glenn, why don't you tell us, the people out there, that can give them sunny days, our listeners, some sunny days if they give a listening to them. I'm booking the territory. Um, I can't even remember. I'll, I'll look it up before I do all the plugs at the end of the week. But uh, they've got some new projects coming up on one of them. I can't. I wish I remember what the title was, but it's really funny. Um, yeah, so, so, so Rob and Danny, um, PDT Wrestling with DC and Doc, Bang Bang with Andy, he's coming back soon. And, of course... The Doctor Who podcast dropped their last episode of season four today, and that's their ranking show for where they rank all the episodes they've watched throughout the series from first to last, obviously. Um, so if you're into sci-fi and into Doctor Who, give them a listen. Apart from that, that's it. Yeah, make sure you check out all those people. They can give you many, many sunny days. Um, <laughs> maybe in a different way. Yeah, she's not going to anymore. So. Yeah, well, I mean, they let you out in the yard, I think. Mm. Yeah. Not quite sure what happens in prison, Glenn. I've never been to that one. Um, <laughs> my dogs are pissed. <laughs> so they, they haven't barked in a while on the show, have they? No. They wanted to make an appearance. I said, fuck this shit. We're the, we're the most over people on the show. Anyway, <laughs> uh, make sure you give the other member of our podcast team, the mayor of Canton, to follow and check out a meal with the mayor uh, where he can make you jealous that you can't have fucking Bojangles either every Wednesday. Uh, make sure you check out Sports Riot Radio. Give our buddy Thomas Bryce a follow on all the social media platforms that could ever possibly be. It's Thomas Bryce 2020 on Instagram. It's Thomas Bryce 2017 on Twitter. And uh, it's the same on threads if you're on threads. Um, if you haven't yet, make sure you check out the first episode of I Do Not Know Sh I Don't Know Shit, The Life and Times of Psycho Sid. It's currently over 300 views on YouTube, which is pretty Ow. fucking good for us. So uh, thank you if you check that out. Make sure you share it with people, too, if you do watch it and like it. That would be cool, too. Um, there were Sid fans out there. I guess so. I mean, how could you not be? Um, yeah. And be on the lookout for episode two. Uh, that'll be out this Friday. Uh, got We got three matches that we're looking at from the CWA territory, including one where he took on a man with a spectacular mullet uh, that made his way into the AWI pod Hall of Fame because his mullet was so spectacular. He certainly did. Well, Glenn. I don't think I have anything else to plug. I think that's it. That's all. So the only thing left to do is for Glenn to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>